Welcome to the United Church Podcast. We're a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love and walking in the ways of Jesus. We're striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you're encouraged and challenged by this week's homily. May the peace of Christ be with you. comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Thirty-three, nine, one. Thirty-three, nine, one. These three numbers continue to change and flex and shift. They gain more meaning as we fill them with more despair, with more hope, with more life and stories. 33, 9, 1. We continue to use these three numbers to build a framework around which we live our lives. 33, 9, 1. 33. We've watched that number grow every single week, marked by each passing Sunday since March 16th, the first time we exited our in-person gathering and began this long walk together into a season of pandemic. 33 weeks. I'm not sure we expected it to be this long. And and sure, we postulated it. We, we said out loud that it was possible. Heck, I even talked with our church board believing that it would be possible we'd live into this season until at least Christmas, if not next Easter. But I didn't really truly appreciate all that that meant. I didn't feel it deep in my bones. I didn't realize just how much life and story we would pack into 33 weeks as a church, as a people, as individuals. It feels like we've packed an entire decade worth of living into 33 weeks, and yet we know there's more to come. And this meme, while darkly funny, never felt more true. 33 has brought us so much loss, so much pain, trauma. We've walked with people in our community through deep pain, through painful loss. Tracy lost her dad at the outset of this pandemic. Taylor lost her grandfather. Brett's cousin was murdered. Families in our community struggling with infertility and devastating IVF results, wrestling with a loss of hope and dream of what their family would look like, loss of connection, physical connection with one another, knowing that this screen and Zoom, they only go so far. We all experienced the summer of protest, which has turned into the fall of protest and soon the winter of protest here in Seattle. We've seen peaceful protesters in our church tear-gassed and near cars who have plowed into the crowds of protesters. We all experienced the immense wildfires and the smoke that descended upon our city, locking us once again into our homes, fighting and struggling 
for breath. We sat in this historic, dense smoke for nearly two weeks. Dangerous smoke, hazardous smoke. Our skies shifting like Panton color swatches from honey to Tuscany to amber to khaki. Each of us wrestling with the implications of climate change. Learning about this new influx of climate refugees making their way into Washington State and the Puget Sound region. We've experienced a lot of loss in these 33 weeks. We've lost our sense of rhythm and regularity. We've lost our normal. And soon 33 will turn into 34, and 40, and 50, and 60, and... And with each passing week, more and more loss, more and more pain, more trauma will continue to accumulate in our lives and of those we love in our community. We live in a country of death, masquerading as a land of life. It's easy to feel helpless in this season, isn't it? I, I've certainly felt that way, not quite sure knowing how exactly to care for you, not quite sure knowing what you need from me as a pastor, not quite sure what you're looking for as I try and read your mind and heart, seemingly failing over and over again. And I know, I know you don't exactly know what you need either, which is what makes this so hard. And I don't know if it makes it better or worse, but I know that this isn't the way things are supposed to be. I know deep within my bones that this, that everything that we're experiencing, the pain, the loss, the trauma, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Our story began in a garden filled with life and love, with hope and possibility, with with wholeness. A garden where we could see each other and, and not just physically see one another, but not just physically be in each other's presence, but, but to see each other fully and truly for who we are. It was a garden filled with truth and joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness. A, a garden that upon its creation was declared good, whole, complete. But for some reason, we weren't satisfied with that. We thought there was more, and so we reached out to grab more life and only ended up grabbing destruction. We went to war with God, and we destroyed everything, including the image of God in one another. We haven't stopped. We haven't stopped our collective reaching out for destruction. We haven't stopped living in the darkness. And I I don't know, but maybe, maybe these 33 weeks are helping us become more acquainted with that reality, of recognizing just how much we're letting that reality, that darkness, run amok. I've been sitting heavy in the weight of our reality these past 33 weeks. And earlier this week, as that weight was rushing over me once again, the words of Jesus washed over me bubbling up from the depths of my heart where I'd hidden these words many, many years ago. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, 
I think this is why it's so important to memorize scripture. Moments like this, and others, honestly, the, the Spirit of God guides you to recall the words and phrases of life that recenter and retell our story in ways that maybe we'd forgotten. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life, to have it to the full. 33 weeks of loss, of theft, 33 weeks of death, 225,000 plus, 33 weeks of destruction, all from the thief, the enemy, Satan. We live in a country of death masquerading as a land of life. And sure, it's easy to get bogged down in the details of death. It's easy to feel hopeless and overwhelmed and uh, by all of the destruction and loss. But Jesus, Jesus gives us a different look. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. In the midst of the destruction and death, look for the life that's emerging. Look for the hope that's burgeoning. Look for the goodness that's sprouting up from the ground. Or in the words of Mr. Rogers, look for the helpers. You see, this world wasn't meant to look this way. It wasn't meant to be this way. And Jesus came to restore the world, to bring life. And so I started to look at the darkness a little differently. Emerging from the depths of despair, I saw life springing up from a band of believers, a band of people who have declared Jesus as Lord. Life springing up from within our community, from within our church. These past 33 weeks, I've seen us prepare, package, and give nearly 1,400 meals to our neighbors at Safe Harbor. We've written nearly 1,400 notes of encouragement and hope and love on top of the meal boxes to our neighbors. We bought over $4,500 worth of gift cards from restaurants in Queen Anne out of our general fund through our Adopt-A-Restaurant initiative, supporting local businesses with encouragement and hope, and then turning around and giving all of those gift cards away to families in our neighborhood through two of our local elementary schools and to students at Seattle Pacific University who were in need. We bought and donated bags of groceries to support families impacted by the economic downturn through the Queen Anne Helpline. We gave $3,600 to Movement Portland, the church startup that we've been supporting since last November. And they too have been leaning in to help their neighbors well in this season. Light is emerging. Life is bursting forth. And that doesn't even mention that Nicole was baptized or that one of you donated 66% of your liver to a perfect stranger, that they may have life and have it to the full. amazing and beautiful stories that are emerging from within our community of people experiencing the goodness of Jesus, that life and the fullness of life is emerging. 33. 33 weeks of life, of goodness, of hope and possibility emerging through us because of Jesus. Which brings me to the number nine. Nine. 
there are nine weeks left in 2020. And we want to finish this year well, together. To continue to bring life and life to its full. To continue to center ourselves around Jesus and allow Him and His Spirit to mold us and shape us more and more into His likeness. My prayer for us throughout this season has been that we would emerge from this physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. That we would have life. And thinking back through the past 33 weeks, I think Jesus is certainly doing his work. But there are nine weeks left. And to finish 2020 well together, I want us to each commit to a rule and rhythm of life together. You see, winter is coming. The dark season is upon us, and with it, our intentionality needs to ratchet up several notches. And as we talked about in our town hall last Tuesday and in the blog on Friday, starting tomorrow, we're entering a new rule and rhythm of life so that together we can finish 2020 well, so that together we can experience the life of Jesus. There are four rules and rhythms that we are entering into over the next nine weeks. The first is a daily apprenticeship to Jesus. Starting tomorrow, we're joining with other believers around the world, including King's Cross Church in London, Trinity Grace in Williamsburg, Reality in San Francisco, and many others in a daily approach to scripture and journaling using the acronym BREAD. We've actually created a journal that you can download at unitedchurch.love 2020, as well as access the reading plans and even subscribe to the audio version if that's your cup of tea. This isn't anything that we haven't done before in the past, but we're wanting to be more intentional in this season, knowing that as the days grow darker, we need to ratchet up our intentionality. And so we're creating intentional resources for us all to engage in and with. In fact, I, I told Elliot what we were doing as a church the other day, that, that we were going to daily be reading through Scripture, and her immediate response was, Cool. I asked her if she wanted to do it with me, and her immediate response was, yes, as her eyes lit up. After she had spent some more time in online school, she came back to me and asked, Papa, when are we going to be doing this? And I told her that we'd start on Monday, but she responded with, when on Monday? I loved her question her intentionality, her desire to make a plan and set a time. I looked at her and I said, how about in the morning before you start school? Yeah, that sounds good. And so for us, we'll be doing this together as a family. And, and maybe that's what it looks like for you too. Or maybe you find a friend to do it with via Zoom, or, or perhaps this is more of an individual endeavor for you. But what's important is that you make a plan, set a time, an appointment with Jesus to listen and process and journal and pray through what you're hearing, intentionally apprenticing ourselves in the ways of Jesus. Our second rhythm is a weekly fast. Every Tuesday night after dinner, we'll fast for 24 hours from food, ending our fast with dinner on Wednesday evening. We'll spend our time individually focusing and praying specifically for ourselves that in this season we'd learn a greater sense of dependence upon God. 
but we'll also pray and focus our intentions on our church community. That God would use this season to form and shape us more and more into the likeness and ways of Jesus. And we'll pray and focus our intentions on the city of Seattle as well. That in this season, God would make waves here. That God's kingdom would come here in Seattle as it is in heaven. That we may see a life of abundance. Our, our third rhythm is a weekly Sabbath, a weekly time of rest. I don't know about you, but especially in such a time as this, when our apartments are also our offices or churches, or as the workload for our essential workers has grown exponentially, as the daily stress of life in a pandemic continues to press down on us, we need to intentionally set aside time to rest and to practice gratitude and delight in God. A typical Sabbath begins on Friday evening and it ends on Saturday evening. It's a time and a space to disconnect from all of our technology and social media, our phones, and instead do the things that bring us life, the things that we've put off all week because of work. In this space, we learn not only to rest, but to delight in the freedom from work that God desires for us. That we learn our identity is not wrapped up in our work, in what we produce or what we do, but rather is wrapped up in Him as the children of God. Our fourth rhythm is a monthly micro-gathering. Now, we've been experimenting with these for the past couple of months, but now, as winter approaches and the darkness descends, we want to intentionally focus in on this time. And on the first Sunday of every month, beginning next week, November 1st, we'll gather together in pods of five or less around the city. We'll also hold an online space as well for those who are not yet comfortable with gathering indoors with others. We have an in-person meeting guide at unitedchurch.love 2020 as well to help facilitate these spaces safely. And you'll want to sign up today for next week's micro-gathering. Again, next week, next Sunday, is our first of our monthly, every Sunday micro-gatherings. Daily apprenticeship to Jesus. Weekly fasting. Weekly Sabbath. Monthly micro-gathering. Our new rule and rhythm of life to take us through the next nine weeks that we may finish 2020 well together. And while this isn't what any of us had hoped for or planned for 2020, it is a beautiful opportunity to continue writing new stories of hope and of life, of grace and of peace and of love in this city and beyond. Our story as a church is just beginning. And right now in this season, we're incubating something beautiful. We're nurturing and cultivating something remarkable. And so let us intentionally use this time and space to care for and nourish ourselves and one another. Our story is just beginning. Amen. Oh, wait, you're, you're wondering about the last number. The number one. 33, 9, 1. There's one week left to vote.
If you haven't filled out your ballot, take some time this afternoon to do so, and then immediately take it to one of the drop boxes in your neighborhood. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us at 1316 Third Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.